Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. And this week on So Many Scares, we're talking about Garrett's pick, Maniac, the movie that one letterbox reviewer called the perfect psychological thriller. This movie had some nice technical pieces, but overall really left us wanting less of this POV horror gore fest. Plus, we run down some of the scary movies we've watched this week, but the biggest update, Josh went to see the Eras Tour with all the Swifties at AMC, where they make concerts better. You know what? I'm going to add this into the intro. They should have replaced Nicole with Taylor for that one thing. That's what they should have done. You're welcome for the free idea in the intro of this episode. <laughs> We've got all that and so much more this week on So Many Scares. Be sure to find us online at somanysequels.com. Uh, you can find links to our social media accounts there and all of our past episodes. So without any further ado, enjoy our discussion of Maniac. So listen, I gotta talk about one non-Halloween thing. I gotta get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh it's yeah, big in the movie world. Preach, right now. brother, preach. Take us to church. I went to I went to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour movie. Okay, and I need. To, we talked about you doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'd been looking forward to it. I got uh, again uh, disgraced friend of the show Andrew to join me, so he can back. Oh up. yeah, he can back these stories up. Yeah, he wanted to go too. Um, so we went Saturday night, which was opening weekend, uh, at AMC here in Tulsa. And I hadn't seen, first of all, just upon entering the, uh, the, the establishment, uh, not since Barbie had I seen so many costumes at a movie. I mean, the full on glittery, sparkly dresses, like, like they were going to the show Mm -hmm. and they're everywhere, Mm -hmm. everywhere. And what did you wear? Uh, I would dress normally. Aww. <laughs> Although, Aww. Um, fast forward a little bit, there was, so Andrew's to my left, and there's another guy to my right, and that guy's wearing the I Am Knuff hoodie. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. This guy chose poor, <laughs> he chose correctly. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> we get into the movie, and before the movie starts, all these girls are trading friendship bracelets all around us. They're all intermingling. They're talking to each other. They're trading bracelets and stuff like that. They're going on. Do you want to trade? Mm-hmm. Do you want to trade? All of them. Okay. And this is like yeah. sold out Dolby, sold out Dolby. So I, Andrew and I are immediately like, I don't know what to expect for this. Uh, yeah. I, I I had heard tell on the internet that some places had gone buck wild, and I'd heard tale that some places do not. So I don't know. Um. Also, first time in a long time I've seen. Most of the trailers were like tailored to the movie. Like there was a Trolls Taylor trailer that started out with Hey Swifties. Like they made that just for this movie. That's weird. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. That was interesting, right? And then there was a, 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 a debut trailer that I had to mention real quick. The Mean Girls musical remake. Um, I heard about had this. a trailer that looked, it honestly looks fun. And Tina Fey is back in it. So uh, check that out. Now. Just just to get into the movie so this whole show isn't about this. It was... You said take us to church, Garrett. It was like a church. <laughs> I, 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 and you should know, you, you, you are part of planning a church event. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah both of you right. do this. Both of you do this. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you would yeah, both yeah, agree yeah. if you were there. Um, yeah. it, it literally... So it, it, it kind of... It didn't start out... It started out kind of normal. But it got to a point where Andrew and I were like, we, we, we are the weird ones if we do not stand up right. for this movie. <laughs> it is becoming clear that we're the only ones. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we have to get up. And, but then at that point, we were like, okay, it's, it feels fun now. Now it feels fun. We're standing up. It's not as bad as we thought it we're would be. We're all comfortable. We're all comfortable. And it was, man. So this is not a, it's not a documentary 
in the sense that you would think there's behind the scenes. It's literally the concert straight through. Um, everybody's singing, screaming, uh, dancing. There was a couple a few rows down ahead of us literally like dancing with each other like they were at the show. Um, and this continued for two and a half hours straight. Uh, my voice hurt at the wow. end of it. Um, I, it's something that I've never seen a movie do before. It made the right. movie theater this like communal like party a dance space. Party. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a fascinating twist on on the on the movie theater experience. And this was, I should note, encouraged by AMC. They encouraged mm-hmm. that kind of behavior. Uh, so this was not people being out of control. Uh, they it, it was very clear ahead of time. This is a different no kind incidents. Of thing. Yeah, this is a different kind of thing. You can take out your phone and record. That's fine. Uh, you can dance, sing, have fun. Do not worry about the yeah. normal movie etiquette. And so that's good. knowing that going in was also helpful. I can only say that's nice to wrap that up uh, before I we open can... the, the floor to questions is I feel for <laughs> anyone watching anything else in that movie theater uh, that night. Because oh, yeah. You could surely hear it. Yeah, Listen, the missed could. opportunity. That movie made so much money. Well, David, you can give a quick box office numbers if you want, but that movie made so much money. It was a missed opportunity for every AMC to not put that in every theater and just sell tickets until they stopped selling tickets. I'll say yeah. it was. Might as well put start sink sink every single theater up at, at the, the same, same time. time and oh, let no. them all go and just yeah. let them all go. Why right. stagger it out? Just make your money, yeah. sell out your theaters, no, let because the Swifts take over. I really Nobody else see... needs to see Saw 10. If you wanted to see Saw 10, you'd have done it. <laughs> Seesaw. Um, I, um, I would love, though, to see the 10.30 a.m. Swifty crowd. I think that is the crowd to see. That's me. That's when I go. That's when I go because I don't want to feel the pressure to stand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not confident. Mean. I know enough of the words to do it. And so I want to sit in the back at 10.30 in the morning and just watch the show because that's the only way I'll ever see it. And I do want to oh, yeah. issue a, a blanket uh, anonymous compliment to the man sitting next to Andrew who refused to buckle and did stay sitting the entire time, but was clearly there just for his girlfriend. Uh, but he did stay through the whole thing, and so I commend that man for that. He obviously didn't Beautiful. want to really be there, but he, he was, and he did not throw a fit about it. He just didn't participate. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I'm sure that at least, you know, some of the songs probably were like, oh, yeah, I know this one. You, you know, you have a little bit of fun. Couple, right? You got to at least know a couple. Right? Um, did she welcome you back to the theater? She did not. She did not welcome anyone back Missed to the opportunity. theater. Are you kidding me? Missed opportunity. Are you personal, kidding me? No. That's a fail on her part, realistically. How many that times? That is an absolute fail. As personal as she is with all of her fans, the fact that she now, didn't have a welcome to the theater thing before this is a missed hey opportunity. Guys. I will say that she did go personally visit 13 AMC screenings and welcome them. Well. Uh, so that's yeah. Well, what, poor, did the, what did the people in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma get? They got Probably they the got twenty five dollars seats. They got the concert experience. Yeah, that will never. They got a great deal. It's a great deal. So great deal. Uh, um, did uh, you make any friends, Josh? Did you get any friendship bracelets? Uh, I did not get any friendship bracelets because it was kind of a trading thing, and I didn't have any yeah. to offer. Apparently, uh, we had missed it, but AMC was giving out their own um, bracelets, and so we could have done that. But we did not have any to trade. So new. You know, it would be a cool, a cool thing friendly, to do. So I do feel as if we all left better friends. That's good. That's good. That's good. That, you know, probably a, pool, a cool uh, corner to market. You know, you don't have to sell them. You just come with like a big bag of the friendship bracelet materials and just like, hey, anybody want to make some for this special event? You know, you just have yeah. the bag. And, and I then, believe you know, the, you become you become the, the straw that mixes the drink at the Swifty party. I believe Circle Cinema was doing uh, friendship bracelet party as well i want to give uh, credit to to the local movie house as well <laughs> nice. yes for doing yes so great good fun time uh i was reading an article in variety earlier about the box office reaction and apparently uh everybody is quite thrilled because they were prepared for a very uh deadfall uh financially mm. um and this was a movie they really there was a lot of praise for the way that she went around the studios and partnered directly with AMC, and now that's what exactly what Beyonce did with hers upcoming one, mm-hmm. uh, because 
This movie did not exist on the calendar six weeks ago, and now they have a fall blockbuster that they weren't prepared for. And they were like, being bypassing the studio made that happen. If they had gone through the studio, it's like another six months of just dicking around and slow, slow, slow. So they were like, they're going to hate it, but change is good. And they, they said... Clearly, not everyone is going to be able to pull off a concert film like that. It takes a special kind of Beyonce, Taylor Swift level, but they're mm-hmm. also very cheap, so it doesn't take a huge oh. hit to make money. So they were like, maybe this is a cool almost. opportunity for people to see movie theaters in a different way sometimes. Oh, this is definitely between this and Barbenheimer, and this is going to be the new, the new I've trends. Never, I've never been to one, but they've experimented with playing NFL games, and I think you guys would know they've done some wrestling matches, haven't they? Oh yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, I think that you can rent out a, a theater space to watch a pay per view or something like that. They do that for UFC fights as well. So live events are already kind of a thing in the in the theater biz. Um, give the people what they want. If they want to come and party, charge them. <laughs> Make the money. I've never done that though. Yeah, I mean it's worth using. I mean thinking about the theater space as not being exclusively uh, a cinema space. It can be used for other events, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where I think that's honestly where. Um, theater groups are going to have to start looking because uh, think you know because they can't always rely on the studios right. for everything. Right. Um, it's going to help a lot, with especially the ongoing actor strike um, slowing yep. down the calendar even more. Well, it's the actor strike. If we have another disruption at the level of COVID ever again in, in time, you Why know they're going to need these that? kinds of things. Why would you even say just, that? You never know, zombies, man, or something. Okay, no, no, we're done mm. with it there. Mm. You've ruined it. Okay, let's be done. Well, okay, so <laughs> no, these but, but that is a good Zombies is a great uh, uh, thing for you to say because we can transition into what? Um, our show for the day. Hang on, I do want to say one quick thing about yeah. Taylor Swift. So oh, okay. um, the, the final number is in mm. for, the, for the opening weekend. A little lower than the Sunday estimates, but $92.8 million opening weekend, mm. which is a very, very big weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... Already, after days. three days, the biggest concert movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, passing Justin Bieber's Never Say Never and Michael Jackson's This Is It, um, which are one and two, which are two now two and three um, with 73 and $72 million. Um, it's probably going to keep doing well. I think they're going to leave us in theaters for a little while longer. It should. It's going to have legs. They, they quoted a fan in that Variety article that I think a lot of people are going to feel who were there and are big time fans, uh, which was they've already gone to see it multiple times. And they said, it's, you know, it's nice to see the movie again, but I'm coming back for the atmosphere. And mm. what mm. better ringing endorsement for AMC could you have? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Here's an idea. I can't wait AMC to watch it at home. Can, you could take this to the bank. Start putting trading cards out with, like, if you give people, like, two trading cards. And then keep that same idea. What movies have you seen this year? I'm going to keep one for me, and I'm going to trade with somebody else. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work because I haven't seen that movie, but it could be like in a list of movies that I want to see. So it's not a great idea, but start there and flesh it out. That's where that's where great ideas come from, is a bad one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, thunder, uh, brainstorming, brainstorming. But sorry, zombies, I'll say it again. <laughs> let's, let's. Zombies, transition. Now it's transition. Um, we're doing so many scares this month still. Uh, mm. Halloween grows ever closer um we've already done no one will save you the hulu movie uh, out now hulu alien movie we have done the craft um which was my pick um the 90s teen witch uh movie mm-hmm. and then uh that's all we've done so far isn't it um Yes. Well, yeah, we did Saw 10, and we did The Meg. Oh, yeah, you know, we, we had, that we had many conversations. We had a great discussion, and then it broke. Oh, yeah, we, we between The Craft and now, we have seen The Exorcist Believer as well. Uh, we don't oh, have yeah. to get into a full review on that, but we all saw that between the last episode. Let's yeah, say that was kind sp- of a letdown, I feel like, boys. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about getting ready to talk uh, to watch that movie, and I don't even feel it's worth spending that much time recapping it. <laughs> No, no, not really. Uh, no. It was just, you know, it was there. It was, it was, was sometimes It was there. Uh, so go watch that if you would like. Um, I don't, I have no endorsement. Uh, I can way. say can I, I was not as scared as I, norm- as, I, as I feared I would be. No, not as scary yeah. as the trip. It was real tense in the buildup, and then it kind of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a list of uh, scary movies that I have watched yes, please, lately, uh, starting, starting with 
the most recent. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, boys. That is a oh, terrifying movie. A I'll hear no classic. other words about it. We, we did that a few years yeah. ago. We did. Great movie. So scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein, which is a fantastic movie for several mm-hmm. reasons. Hey, I bet. And scary. Great. It's uh, fantastic. I've seen Slither, which is James Gunn. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, funny. Hilarious. Uh, uh, and then I saw The Exorcist before we went to see Exorcist Believer, uh, which is also fantastic, but really uncomfortable and gross and just awful. And uh, the 2006 The Hills Have Eyes remake, which was also very uncomfortable for reasons that are similar to maybe the movie we talk about today. But was it good, though? Um, I saw... Ah! I, don't, I, 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 I really don't remember. I think I saw that when I was a teenager last, so I don't know. My opinion. It would have been. Matter. It would have been. Un- it would have been like 2006. Fine. Okay. Good to know. I saw uh, 2016's, her, or, uh, excuse me, 2018's, Hereditary. Mm, and yes, I, have, I heard some. I heard some of this. <laughs> yeah, I not, was not much. Uh, deeply scared. Yeah. A lot. Nikki was like, "I don't think you'll be scared. It's not scary." And I was like, well, yes, "You crazy." Is. She's crazy. It's terrifying. I was quite scared. However, jump scary, I guess. Hot take. That ending sucked. I was really disappointed wait, in the ending. Going further, I can't remember if Garrett saw this movie. Did you? I have. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Still, so, there's still, still some points I don't think you should spoil, but I won't spoil. I won't spoil almost any of it. But uh, um, but I will say there were certain seven. characters early on that I was rooting for to to be to, to I was rooting for them to die. I was like, get this chick off my screen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought the ending really just sucked all the wind out of it for me. Um, interesting. Uh, it was, it was scary, but I didn't like the ending. Um, so that's, I won't, I won't go into spoilers there, but, uh, I, I told that movie, get it, take its three stars and get out. Nah. I think the ending is good. Eh. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the specifics of it. We can get into the specifics of it another time, but I just say that's where I, that's where I landed on it. Um, uh, anything else? Tony Collette, though, really, really good in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. That uh, that's an Ari, Ari Oster movie. Uh, he also mm-hmm. did uh, Midsummer and uh, Bo is Afraid. Mm-hmm. He's a weirdo. That came out this year, didn't it? Yes. Yes, yeah. I saw that one too. It, it's not a, it's not horror. I don't think. Anyway, it's unease though. It's unease for sure. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched a lot of horror stuff yet unfortunately i'm still like i don't know sometimes i'm struggling to get into the mood for it when i'm mm-hmm. uh not watching something planned like one of the ones we're picking uh but i did watch Just... one i'm gonna call it horror adjacent because it's a documentary but so have you guys heard of mckamey manor Mm-mm. uh so there's a documentary on hulu that just came out called monster inside and it's about mckamey manor which is a um, haunted house attraction in Tennessee. And it is mm. considered uh, one of, if not the most extreme haunted house attraction in the United States uh, to the point where, um, uh, key points, uh, there's a wait list thousands of people long. Uh, it runs all oh, year wow. long, and they only bring in a few people at a time and only run like three shows a week. Uh, it does not no. cost anything except a donation of dog food and it can last anywhere from eight to ten hours the experience (laughs) no and it comes with a 40 plus page waiver that you sign agreeing that you will not be allowed to leave the premises without staff permission uh that you may be physically and psychologically tortured and that that pain can include up to broken bones uh, and teeth removal. Uh, teeth removal? They waterboard people. <laughs> and they record the entire thing. And this is the thing people do. And somehow it's allowed to exist, questionably, because yeah. they do it voluntarily and sign the papers, knowing full well what it's will just- happen. It's like that episode of American Dad where Stan uh, brings in a bunch of serial killers from the local prison 
as <laughs> as entertainment for the for his haunted house. Uh, so I definitely every time you want to, I recommended to Garrett for sure. I don't know if I recommended to David. <laughs> every time Man. one of you yahoos watches a documentary. <laughs> It's about like weird Santa training or a haunted house where they pull people's teeth out or some kind of messed up nonsense. And I'm going to have to ask you guys to start watching some documentaries about like you show nice things. You a documentary things. about good news and how, I don't know. They're never about good news. My Santa training documentary was about wonderful, magical positive. things. You're right, you're right. It's weird, but it's positive. It is yeah, weird, but it was positive. It was just the only other one I could think of. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the only horror related thing i watch you should at least check out the trailer or read the wikipedia page from mckamey manor because uh, it is oh certainly interesting okay. and there is sounds effed up. it is better give up. me a can of dog it, food essentially the question that the the documentary posits is is this person just a extreme halloween fan or is he is he found a loophole to do some weird shit <laughs> Uh, I lean towards the, the ladder. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. watch the mm-hmm. documentary. Uh, <laughs> so that's that. That's uh, that's that. All right, all right. Well, this. Week, I mean, honestly, that is a great transition it, into. Yes. It kind of is because movie, this yeah. is this is the week I feel like it's going to be the worst in terms of like gross stuff we might be talking about. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. this week to to get into our main review of the of the week is uh, Maniac. <laughs> A uh, movie from 2012, an indie movie, um, starring Elijah Wood. And the letterbox synopsis for this movie is, As he helps a young artist with her upcoming exhibition, the owner of a mannequin shop's deadly suppressed desires come to the surface. So, with that little setup, why, Garrett, did you do this to us? <laughs> and that is how I Explain yourself. think that question should be framed. You know, I saw this movie when I, I don't know, it had to have been during lockdown or something. Uh, maybe, perhaps it was during... Only then could I something like this got, feel good. You know, because you weren't here. So Josh and I were roommates, and you weren't here. And I think it was a time when I probably didn't have a job during mm-hmm. that time period in October, because that was around the time. So I was watching a bunch of horror movies, because I didn't have anything else to do. And I stumbled upon this. And man, it was an experience that I had never had before. And I think that part of it stood out more than the whole. Um, you know, I think that it was like uncomfortable and, and, and just vicious. And, I, and it was like, it was scary and, and weird. And that's what I remember. Um, this go around, <clears throat> those things were still there. But man, it was bad. <laughs> It was it was it was uh, bad acting. It was bad writing. It was bad uh, bad. Uh, women were treated really poorly mm. as characters and people. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really bad. Mm. Uh, you know. So there's that. <laughs> Who's next? Josh, if you'll allow me, and Garrett, I'm delighted to hear you say that. Yeah. Because I was, it is it it is visceral at times. It is there's a brutality to it. Um, I think that there is it artistically. It is an interesting idea to do this point of view um, style story. And I am surprised that we don't see more point of view films. Like I'm surprised that's just not more commonly used as a, a storytelling device. Um, that said, at times this movie felt like a creative episode of Criminal Minds. Like, it was very, it felt very thin in terms of character, characterization and motivation, and it felt, so this is going to be kind of, this is going to be kind of a redundant thing to say, it felt exploitative, exploitative? It felt like, and it's, and it's because it's a remake of an exploitation film. That's why it feels that way. It doesn't feel like it's actually saying anything or actually really exploring anything. It just feels like it's kind of taking advantage of a, uh, an icky element of society that we all wish wasn't there. And I'm not saying it's overly common, but yeah. And, uh, honestly, most of the time I was bored 
and even I didn't even think it was as gory or or, or gross as it could have been. Um, I was really expecting like really really like I was expecting like this guy to be like eating people and stuff like that. The grossest was watching uh, getting a POV shot of him vomiting, but um, that was one of the only moments where I really looked away. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch someone throw up. Let me turn away. So uh, yeah, I was. I was, uh, it, it didn't, it didn't land for me in a lot of ways. Um, it was, I think an interesting idea, but I don't think it connected to me. One of the weirdest shots in the movie is one of the opening moments where Elijah Wood looks in the rearview mirror and it's like clearly CGI, uh, Elijah Wood's eyes, um, uh, just looked a little off. Um, Josh, what did you think? Um, you know, I think it's get. I think it gets an A for effort because <laughs> uh, mm. I appreciate the swing. <laughs> I appreciate mm. the swing. I am. I, I would say I don't think I'm surprised that they don't do a lot of uh, that first person point of view movie because I was very tired of it after a point. Um, I could. I it, to me, I don't know that sustaining the whole movie that way with only a few out, you know, third-person shots, uh, worked for me. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It got a little too my, too video gamey in my head. Uh, so I didn't love it, though I appreciate the, uh, the risk. Uh, it didn't ruin it by any means. I just think it would have been a better movie if it was told more narratively, or not narratively, but visually, traditionally. Uh, traditionally. Yeah. So that said, I liked elijah wood's performance he's very good at being creepy when you see him do creepy things um he's such an interesting actor and i feel like i never know what i'm gonna get out of him and this one mm -hmm. was one of those movies where i was like oh i've really never never quite seen elijah wood do this before but he's he's good at it he's uh, he's very believable as this kind of um just sick serial killer person yeah i don't know that i feel like i wanted i know you said you didn't want it to be more gory but it was plenty gory for me i don't know that mm. i felt like oh this could be worse i was it was worse <laughs> um, yeah. the i don't close, know maybe the close scalpings yeah. i cannot i could not do uh, i would rather watch it in barf on repeat than watch that scalping <laughs> uh, which happens continuously and, and up close see and that was gross but it's so it's one of those things that's like i don't know it's like you didn't maybe i maybe my fear factor is is just so weirdly skewed because i'm so scared of like things in the dark and i'm really and i and like sort of like creature stuff like that stuff really scares me but like serial killers sometimes just i don't know like that's scary too but I don't know when, like, even after, like, even the first death, I was kind of like, oh, that's it? That wasn't that bad. Like, I thought it was going to escalate me, from there. For me, the fear is is that it does escalate, and it's the viciousness that they just throw, like, they throw everything out the window, and that is just so unsettling. Um, each one that, each of the victims, each of the women, the, I don't even know, it's, it's, each of those people were, uh, just victimized and brutalized and like shown mm -hmm. in such a way that was so uncomfortable um and and you know i i didn't do a ton of history of the 1980 movie but i gotta think that it came out at a time where you already have a freddy krueger a michael myers and a jason and you're thinking how can this movie stand out while you still give people that serial killer thing that you're trying to hit right that's a big popular thing mm -hmm. Um, and I think this one did that, but with horror porn. Uh, it came out in 2012. And so you've had some saws, you've had some hostels, and you think, how can I how can I take that up a notch, right? And I think that somebody thought of this movie and thought, I'm going to give this to you in such an intense POV way, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's how I'm going to stand out. Um and I think that's what they were going for. So I don't, I don't think the movie was trying to say anything, other than just here is some viciousness, and um, 
you know, this this go around for me, that's what really stood out the most. I do think that if you look at how they structured it, a lot of thought went into how the movie was going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we do this? Yeah, I'm sure. I read that... some interviews with Elijah Wood who said, you know, they tried to do it with just the um, the cameraman. And so, David, when you say that that was CGI, I don't think that was. I think that that was Elijah Wood. I think he was there because he said that when they would have his hands in the shot, sometimes it was him and sometimes he would have to have a hand double because he was behind the rig. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they had to do the shot was his hand would come in on this side and he'd have to have a hand double on this side because he couldn't get his hands around the, the well, whole rig. I do think most of the time it was Elijah Wood. I think it's just that first moment where he's in the rearview mirror where it's just his eyes are just way too close to the rearview mirror for that to be a possible, you know, like a, a possible, you know, a, a view, <laughs> you know, like his, like yeah. his eyes are like, whoosh, like right here in the mirror. So it was just that one. And I think it's obviously only there because that's like your lead into like the big title moment. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think from a technical point of view, like as I was watching, I was like, this has got to be a tremendously difficult thing from a filming point of view and from an editing point of view. Because essentially you can never leave your protagonist in this scenario, your protagonist's point of view. You can't really dive off and see what someone else is doing for a few moments because it's exclusively through Elijah Wood, uh, Frank Zito's perspective. It's kind of like, you know, 1917 or Gravity, those movies that are like all one long shot or presented as all like one, one long shot. But without the benefit of being able to like see from see what other people are doing. Um, so it's almost like, yeah, like Josh said, it's like almost not worth it after a while. It's like the, the, the effect of it kind of wears thin the longer it goes. Um, yeah. Um, but to echo what you said, I, I think Elijah Wood's great in this. The moments where you do see his face, um, where maybe you just catch his reflection in a mirror off to the side or when he looks at himself, he, the same things that made him work as, Frodo or have made him work in countless other movies is that sort of like wide-eyed like painfully like open innocence that he just has that expression on his face and here it's just twisted the other way where he just looks like this kind of like broken little kid who has grown up into this you know horrible monster um so I I I think Elijah Wood's kind of a great casting for this uh I just wish that I had maybe um I guess I just wish I'd connected more with what was going on in the movie. Well, I'm glad you didn't though, because, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't mean connected. Like I relate to him. I just mean, I wish that like, I, I wish, wish that like I came out and went, man, what a great movie. You know what I mean? I just like the movie, but it was that way. Didn't engage me, (laughs) but it wasn't, it wasn't a great movie. Uh, So that I don't think you should be that like everything, everything, you know, I uh, I was watching it, parts of it with Kat until she went, Nope, I'm out. And she, smart. Uh, smart one I felt like group. she gave a, she gave a good review that was said uh, it felt like uh, an independent movie mm-hmm. or like a, a film a film student project. Yeah, where it was like I'm going to put a lot of thought into this technical aspect, and then just everything else is just really kind yeah. of yeah. I'm going to show my like, directing genius. It it feels it feels mm-hmm. like a final project for a film grad student. That's exactly what she said. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and like I agree with that because this movie is less than an hour and a half and it felt like two and a half hours yeah um, it, it was just you know it was too long it felt too long it was too it's repetitive it was too much it was repetitive yeah. there wasn't enough fleshed out story fleshed out is poor choice of words but whatever <laughs> um, but it was just not it didn't have anything to give you other than just here is this unforgiving brutality yeah yeah that was pretty much my takeaway too yeah uh, it has to be i feel like because it doesn't go in depth enough into uh elijah wood's psyche to really figure out you know he's very surface level his whole thing is he kind of starts to fall in love with one of these girls and so he tries to control the urges he has um but you know to no effect essentially uh, in the end but we never go far enough into that uh to really make any kind of stronger connection i feel like or to make a deeper story 
No, there's there's just it's very surface level. It's very surface yeah. level, and like then, psychology. And the women, none of the none of the female characters get any background really whatsoever. Which no, they were only written to, to be connect. brutalized. Yeah. So then no, it's and that's like, well, why does he love her? We don't even know her side or anything about her, uh, really. And that that's why I compared it to like an episode of like Criminal Minds because it feels like this, it, like the characters, especially the victims, they only exist to be like victims along the course of this other story. You know, and like, so they have nothing going on other than to be brutally abused and hurt and, and, uh, victimized and for our entertainment or to, uh, maybe entertainment, if you don't want to use that word to, um, help us build our disgust or hatred or whatever for this person. Right. And it just kind of feels like they're, they're props. That's all they are. They are, they are props for this story and it feels gross at times. I mean, even if you know i don't know and then maybe it's opposed to maybe that's the point but i don't know it doesn't make me feel any better about it no i'm the same i feel like if you're gonna do that if you're going to have the i mean it's like you're 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 giving us the first person point of view already and you're treating the victims like they don't matter which i think was probably not intentional as it could have been but if it were intentional then give us a really in-depth look into his head because we're all you have you've put the viewer in his head literally so why are we getting such surface level stuff as if we can't mm. i just feel like if you're gonna do that type of of storytelling we need to be in his head mm-hmm. and we're not yeah. we don't Wait. hear his thoughts we just kind of hear him talking to himself yeah and that just wasn't enough for me. yeah this movie is already a victim of several things yeah. but um I think it's also a victim of, and a perpetrator, but I think it's also a victim of just better horror movies that have come out and how we appreciate good storytelling in horror movies yeah. now. This came out in a time when the whole premise was to make you uncomfortable, make you disgusting, make you feel, you know, that's what, what people wanted. And so it was like, how can we, again, stand out? And now we're putting more emphasis on storytelling along with purposeful with purposeful scares Um, Mm -hmm. it's not just a jump scare all of the time it's not just a saw your leg off all of the time you know there's elements there there's reasons and and there's storytelling that gives that depth that gives that layers josh that you're talking about you would get inside his head you would see more and and honestly the way that this movie would be more beneficial now is if you didn't see the killings or if it zoomed out and it, it, you you know you were with him and whatever and then you zoomed out and so you weren't necessarily there and so you could kind of see the brutalization and take you out of it um, but it wouldn't just be the first person perspective the whole time it would just be at certain elements so i don't know it just yeah yeah well um Oh, I forgot what I was going to try to take off on that a little bit, but I was going to say, um, I do think the one thing that I really would praise about this movie is the film score, because I thought that the movie was continually, this, the music continually had me at, uh, had me feeling that dread, that sense of unease. The, um, I, I really, um, it stood out to me when he's chasing that girl, that woman through, um, the parking lot through the you know like through the she's they're in the they're in the subway and then he's in a parking lot i just like man this movie's this like i i was at this point i was already starting to like feel like i don't think i like this but the the music and that swelling of the music as it like pulled as it pulled out of his perspective and showed the third person perspective um i was like man this music's actually really well done i i and so i I don't often praise music and score in films and i maybe we should do that more often but i do think that's uh, of note here, I want to make a quick uh, mention of it. I do agree. Uh, this critique from me is really not the movie's fault at all, uh, and just as part of the experience. Uh, did you did you two watch this on on Pluto? <laughs> I did not. I did okay, not. I watched it on Pluto because Homie wanted to watch it for free. Uh, and <laughs> once again, I have to applaud Pluto TV's commercial breaks. Which are Ooh. in the worst times of all time, every time. Uh, like, it's literally, I think the first time in the movie you really see him scalp someone, not like the prelude thing, but his first real victim. Right as soon yeah. as he finishes up, he's like, yeah, 
And then it's like Charmin bears pooping immediately. <laughs> I tell you what, those cold, Charmin cold, bears. Cold. I I hope one day to love something in my life as much as those bears like wiping their butts. Right. Uh, so I was like thoroughly, and then commercial, bright bright light, happy commercial, sing song, j- jingles. Uh, so that was weird. But again, oh, man. Was funny. at least it wasn't like Pizza Hut or uh, not every something time. like that. Not every time. Uh, but yeah, that's that's part of the. the yeah, this is an awkward movie to sandwich sandwich uh, uh, commercials into. Yeah, well, it's nice because at least you know, uh, on something like Pluto or Tubi or these other free made up word streaming services, you're not getting a censored version like you do on cable. So like, there's commercial mm-hmm. breaks, but it's still like full scalping, um, full language, full nudity, all that stuff. So at least you're getting the mm-hmm. whole movie. It's true. If I can, if I can give them credit for anything, um, it's that, it's that. I wonder why. I'm sure there's an answer somewhere on the internet, but we're just dummies talking. I wonder why they remade this movie, <laughs> because gross, and also from the looks of it, from what I can tell of the 1980 movie, it has a small cult following, but not like one of I think a legitimate size. Um, and it just seems really nasty and like no one really grew to appreciate it over time critically. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where we often talk about remakes of good movies and we go, why are you remaking a movie that worked? Find a movie that didn't work and remake that, but had a good idea and remake that. I think this is that type of situation where the original fun from what I read came out during the height of like, exploitation and like like horror movies that had to be censored because they were so scary and like this one was like taken out of theaters and like police officers came in and said no one can watch this you know what i mean there's stuff whatever right it was a part of that whole like uh you know movies as super challenging gross stuff that time period and so i don't know who who it is that like stumbled on it said we should remake this movie and we should do it in a way with like a pov shot but I guess it was, I, I mean, maybe just a director really thought, hey, that's a movie. If I could direct, if I could remake one movie, it'd be Maniac. I don't know. But the original one doesn't sound Maniac. like it's like any different, really, other than instead no. of a mannequin store, he's like a real real estate agent. Yeah, I think Maniac is a POV version in the 1980s. I'm not confident of that. But there's also another one that's like Peeping Tom, and, and that's an older one that's POV. And so it's not uncommon to do some POV stuff. Um, but th- yeah, I really do think that this original movie was just made to gross you out. And I think that this one was just remade to gross you out in a modern time. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much else to it. Yeah, well, I'm sure it was a great learning experience for most of the people who worked on it. Yeah. Well, Elijah Wood had a great time, I think, probably. Had a great time. <laughs> you know, I will say again, you know, had a great he, time. Yeah. He's truly the only uh, actor in that movie. Everyone else just really delivered a poor performance for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it was, well, and it was like a co-production with France, so I think a lot of these actors are French actors playing American, uh, except for Hannah, who's French and playing French. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but anyway, that's all I got yeah. to say about this. Yeah, I don't have much else Me for this too. one. Me John, too. Garrett, when you said sorry, I thought it was going to be because it was so it was so brutal and scary. I didn't realize I that you yeah. were saying sorry because you didn't like it. Nope. No, you know what? Your mileage may <laughs> that's vary. That's what you I was hoping for. Interpret it for any way you want. For some yeah. people, it will be too scary, probably. But I'm not particularly David, scared this of have... gore. I just don't like it. Yeah. This one was just so vicious and yeah, uncomfortable. It was definitely unsettling a lot. A it was lot slimy. Yeah. Very slimy. Very David, did this movie. have any box office? Did this come uh, out in any theaters in the world? It did. It did. Minimal here in the United States. Mm. Um, it opened if you want to call it that, the weekend of June 21st of 2012. Uh, it was, uh, in its opening weekend, it was in one theater. And it brought in $5,571 at that one theater space. Well, that's pretty um, good for that one theater space. I know. It was the number uh, 64 movie of the weekend. <laughs> um, far, far behind the number one movie of the weekend, Monsters University. And uh, at number two, this is a movie we've reviewed, World War Z. Nice. Um, oh, actually, so this wasn't 2012, excuse me. This was 2013. 
uh, that this uh, this movie released in the yeah, United States. Um, its initial release was um, overseas, so its worldwide totals uh, were thirty-one thousand dollars in the United States, two point six million overseas. Like I said, it was a French, it was a it was a co-production with France, and so its main, I think its main audience was French audiences, um, and so two point six million dollars total worldwide. Not a lot of other numbers to go there, I mean, so I'll leave it at of, that. That has to be all of Elijah's salary, right? <laughs> Two point six. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, you pay Frodo Baggins. You're not going to pay him at least a cool mill. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he might have done it for very little. You never know. You're right. You're right. I don't know what the. I think he's. He and Daniel Radcliffe have the greatest careers. To Daniel Radcliffe, they have the greatest careers as far as their choices and their successes. They both got set up financially for life really young. I think. I mean, Elijah was pretty young when he did Lord of the Rings. Not as young as Daniel, but. Enough that I don't think he has to be picky with his work ever again. Or he can no. be picky with his work. Yeah. As in Save yeah. for Daniel, and they both pick weird stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, right. So, officially, that's all I have for that. Officially, this is a, a 2012 movie on Letterboxd. Yeah. And so, the other uh, 2012 movies, just to give you some 2012 movies that we've also done, we've done uh, The Avengers. We did, uh, uh, we did uh, The Dark Knight Rises. That was before my time. Wreck-It Ralph. Josh doesn't remember us doing Wreck-It Ralph, but uh, you guys did that at one point. Uh, Men in Black 3 was also 2012. And uh, Skyfall, that was a good one. That was one of our, one of our more favorite ones. And then uh, Pitch Perfect. So there's your, 2020, your 2012 films from so many sequels. And I'll uh, throw it to the letterbox cam. While we ruminate and think about what Letterboxd thinks this movie uh, is on average, let's look at some of the most popular reviews. These are interesting, y'all. These are interesting. Not always funny. Um, I like it when they're really funny. Sometimes they're just... Yeah. Streak does the Letterboxd score on this one. I have no idea. The top review says five stars. I said it once and I'll say it again. Still the most affecting horror film of the 21st century. This is cinematic brilliance. Uh, Four stars. Elijah, you freaky bastard. Why do I love you so much? The first person point of view made this much more sinister. Three stars. Very kind of Elijah Wood to vlog his daily life for us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And finally, five stars. The perfect psychological horror film mm. hard uh, disagree hard disagree i gotta say hard disagree with most of them <laughs> mm. but mm. it's gonna make the guessing here really interesting i think it is yeah let me uh i believe you guys are tied so do you want to do rock paper scissors are to see who goes first last? are you kidding me i, I mean last there's three of us so it's kind of generous to even call it last hey now you're just you're just up there saying if you're not first you're last, aren't you? Fucking. It's uh, if you're not if you're not first you're Ryan last. McQueen. Who says that in the movie? Uh, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby says that it's not Cars. Okay. <laughs> cars um, is the Talladega Nights for kids. Well, I think I've stalled enough to think I have a guess. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, I tell you what, Garrett won last week, so Josh, you will defer. You go first. Three point. I've got momentum on my side. <laughs> Three point two. Three point two. Oh Josh. man, that's literally what I was gonna Ooh, do. What the what? <laughs> uh, Three point three. I don't know. I think those first two made me think it's are on the higher side than the I lower know, side. Right? Three point two and three point three. I'm going to hope that Letterboxd is on my side. Okay. I'm going to say 2.4. Oh, oh, that's awfully low. risky. Yeah. Just wow. because of the nature of the top review. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, as long as it's not... Uh, Why should I complain? Uh, as long as it's 2.8 or lower, I'll be all right, I think. <laughs> I mean, that would be true. Uh, okay, so... This has got 29,000 reviews. And we have a direct hit this week. I'm grateful to say it's not David. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And I feel really good about it because it's me and it's the one I stole from Garrett. (laughs) 
3.2. Damn. If only you'd gotten to go first. Uh, but 3.2 um, from those 29,000 nice. viewers on Letterboxd. That's, I'm gonna, uh, you know, it's still, that's still high for me for this one, I think. Yeah. Personally, 3.2, that's a little high. So, actually, let me look, I gotta look at my uh, grading, my rating scale. 3.2? Yeah, that's what, that's what the community says. Uh, I'm gonna go 2. 2 is disappointing in my scale. That's also where I fall on this one. Um, in the exact same uh, star and reasoning. And I think this, for me, is going to be a so many sequels slash so many scares first. I'm giving this one star. This was, this was on my, I looked at my thing. It's offensive and bad. That's my one star uh, level. And uh, I was gonna, I, I was gonna kind of gauge where you guys went. If you guys were like two and a half threes, I was gonna say, I was gonna say like two. But since you guys are in the twos, I'm calm, feel good going with the one. I thought this was just, ugh. Mm. but mm. Josh, that puts you at ten. Ten now, you're only five behind me at this point. Hey, that's doable, that's doable. man. Two, that's, that's doable. two dead ringers, mm-hmm. and that, and then you're back within one. Strange. Yep, that was your first win since Surf's up. <laughs> you dominated you dominated dom, dominated animated august and now you are uh back hopefully to tank some more scares we'll see victories we will see uh okay well that wraps up this week of so many scares but we're not done yet we got more coming up for you uh, we still got david's pick we're gonna do the shining the shining we're gonna do the shining very excited about the shining a true classic of, 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 of horror from mm-hmm. the master of horror himself, Stephen King. This movie stars Jack Nicholson. It's going to be interesting, I think. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Some might can, so many consider the greatest director of all time. Some may say. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you know we're still definitely in the conversation. Say. We're still figuring this out, but we're going to end with a fan pick. We're going to end with a yeah, fan well, yeah, we gotta, pick. Which you can tell us what you think we should do by visiting us on Definitely. social media and commenting, uh, or sending us a DM or on Instagram at So Many Sequels Pod, uh, on Facebook, um, on mm-hmm. Threads and TikTok. So uh, let us know what you think we should do, and we'll also put up some polls or something um, to get some votes. I think we should do uh, figure out what we'll do, and then we'll announce that will be the fun end of the month uh, fan pick. So plenty more. So many scares to come. So be sure to find us online at so many sequels.com. You can find all of our past episodes there as long or as well as links to our social media channels that I just told you earlier. So do that. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts, and we will see you all next time. Bye.